You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Thursday, 16 February. Airbnb just made its first net profit for the year. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from remote studios in Cape Town. On the show today, chatting with Jimmy Moyoha. Life Healthcare, nice update, but uh, maybe the biggest story was an offer for their UK-EU imaging business. It seems all these companies are worth more when someone wants to buy their stuff. Remember PPC from a week or two ago? Jacques Platt from Alan Gray, contrarian investment questions to ask in 2023. And Fran Trosky from PPS Investments, making ESG practical and accessible. It kind of gone quiet, but ESG is still in the background. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Uh, morning headlines from MoneyWeb. The sneaky outlier outpacing SA's banking stocks. Over a three-year period, Investec has outperformed its peers and the JSC or share index by big margins. Of course, helped by the unbundling of N91. Business day, red-hot coal prices light up Glencore's profits. Big rewards for Glencore shareholders as earnings grow 60%. Perhaps a better way than Thongela to get exposure to coal because no transnet issues. Morning markets, uh, US was green, S&P up 0.3% and the Nasdaq up three quarters of a percent. Asia is green, Sydney up 0.8 and Tokyo also 0.8 to the up. Uh, commodities mostly red, gold 1850, Brent 85.82, that is your uh, green on the day. PGMs still under pressure, platinum 922, palladium. 1,464. Rand, 18 on the nose. Bitcoin, 24,700. 10 cent is up 3.7% in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40, looking for a very green open, 830 points or 1.1% higher. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chatting now with uh, Jimmy Moyoha. Uh, Jimmy, morning. Appreciate the early morning. As always, life, healthcare. I'm not sure what the market liked most. Was it what I thought looked like actually a really good update? Bed nights improving, occupancies uh, really picking up, or perhaps that they've had an unsolicited, unsolicited offer for their imaging business uh, in the UK and a bit in the EU. Yeah, morning, Simon. Um, I think the the market got really excited by probably just a, a culmination of those factors because if you look at the the numbers themselves, I mean, we're, life is a long way off of the 2015 highs in terms of share price that we saw at about 45 rand a share. It's it's been sitting closer to that 15 rand COVID low. Um, it, it started the day yesterday about 17 rand, and I think the the news coming out, I mean, even if you look at the, the, the offer for the AMG business, I don't think life's going to be in a rush to, to take just any offer that's put on the table. I mean, it's 25% of their revenues. Yeah. It's 25% of their EBITDA as well um, from, their lo- from their last financial year. And it's an improving business that's done well in this first quarter of the new financial year. So I don't think it's a situation where the market's saying, oh, we're happy you're disposing of this particular unit. But it's more the excitement around um, the, the fact that there's interest in that unit, number one, but number two, that the business is showing signs of recovery. I mean, if you look at their book as well, or, or you look at their, their, their balance sheet, um, it's not as though they're struggling for capital. I mean, they've got a, they've got a 4.4 billion yeah. rand facility they haven't tapped into. So they're not desperate to sell this division, right? And so I think the market might be just re- receiving the good news in, a, in an overly positive light to say, um, 
the share price has taken quite a bit of a knocking. It, it, it was basically at pandemic lows. Um, and this is a sign of positivity, signs that the, that, um, the company is recovering on a, on a much larger scale. I mean, they did, of course, allude to the fact that the, the, the diesel costs were up about some 20 million rand f- from this quarter to the last quarter, which is expected um, mm-hmm. with what we're dealing with uh, within COVID. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, credit to them on the positivity side. They, their numbers are up, their revenue numbers are up for the quarter. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to be in a rush to, to sell the UK business just as yet. I mean, they've just gotten... Um, another two CDCs online, uh, community diagnostic centers on uh, live and operational in the UK. So it, it, it's a different side of their business that I don't think they want to be getting rid of in, in such a hurry. Yeah, I take a point in that. I mean, I, I do think, I mean, it's, it's a good little business. And I mean, to me, the standout point was the, uh, what do they call it? Paid patient days, which is occupancies in the, in the hotel world, uh, 62%. I mean, that, that, that's a, a, an absolute proper number. Very quick last question. Does this mean we should maybe go have a good hard look at Netcare? Because uh, if life is doing well, better, maybe Netcare is too. It's always a possibility that they, they could. I mean, Life is benefiting um, quite well from their international operations as well. If you look at Life's local operations, they, they're being hampered quite a bit by um, the, the load shedding situation as well. And I mean, guys like Netcare as well have also put in provisions to um, sort of weather that storm that is uh, the, the COVID disruptions. Uh, but I think overall, since the pandemic has, or since we've come out of official uh, high-level lockdowns and those sorts of things. We've seen a recovery in the healthcare sector on the private side mm. of things. We, the ability for elective surgeries to now take place again, um, that, that's contributed quite a significant number to uh, those occupancy rates. Remember, we're coming off of very, very low bases around 2020, 2021, where um, surgeries were, were almost not non-existent for these private um, healthcare providers. So I think overall that's going to be an improvement that we're going to see. We might not be at pre-pandemic levels again, uh, just yet across well the likes of MediClinic and all of these but if you're looking at something like MediClinic we know that they're, they're no longer going to be um, available yeah. for consumers to invest in uh, because of that sale uh, through Remgro so you'd probably be looking at Netcare to see if they're able to compete at the same scale uh, that Life Healthcare is doing so and if they're if they're going to be offset I mean Life's unique benefit at the stage as well is uh, their international operations are doing just as well as their local operations. Their international operations saw a 9.2% increase in revenue, even though their local operations saw an increase of about 11%. So they're, they're trying to grow both sides of it and not just being focused on one market or concentrated on one market. So I think it is worth taking a look at. Um, whether or not life at this stage at 19 rand will prop back up towards 25 to 30 rand. That remains to be seen. I think if we get confirmation of uh, a sale and the sales at a good number as well, we might see the, the share price uh, have another run towards that number. We'll leave that there, Jimmy Mayaha, independent analyst. Jimmy, always appreciate the early morning insight. And that's our question today on our LinkedIn and Twitter polls. Should Life Healthcare be selling their, their UK imaging business? It's a good business and uh, maybe it's better within Life Healthcare. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. If seagulls were harder dars who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. 
Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Jacques Platt. He's a fund manager at Alan Gray. Jacques, appreciate the time as always. A, a note you put out last week really got me thinking, and, and, and you called it contrarian thinking, and, and it is in a sense. What it really is is, I suppose, in a way, asking the right question in, in the right way, which is so incredibly important as an investor. Yeah, no, agreed. I think it's um, often investors, it's very easy to react, right, and to see, okay, what's in the newspaper what are the headlines? Mm-hmm. And you react to that. And really, I think it's an investor's job to think a bit more deeply and to try and evaluate companies regardless of the newspaper headlines. Yeah. And, and oftentimes it's, I mean, I hate the phrase out of a box, but as you say, it's that thinking differently. And one of them, I mean, you, for example, uh, iron ore, we saw the Kumba update, but what you're saying here is, hang on a second, let's understand what's actually happening in the, in the Chinese property market, because that's going to be the, 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 the impact really. Yeah, for sure. I must admit, that's not super out-the-box thinking. I think yeah. everyone knows it. But yeah, the, the Chinese property market, it, it's so important for, for South African investors. Kumba, Anglos, BHP, they make most of their money from iron ore. China buys two-thirds of the world's iron ore. And, you know, that they, they're, in our view, we, we are underweight those stocks. And we there are a lot of empty buildings in China. So it's something we've been nervous of for a while. Definitely something to, to have front of mind if you're a South African investor um, and if you're an investor in the index, they have a big weight. Yeah, that's true. It's also, I mean, and I, I can't remember now the name of the of the Chinese uh, property company that blew up. I think it was towards the end I of. I think there are about ten of them. No, you're right. There are now a bunch of them. But but it's also weird how it was. Evergrande, it, I, Ever, the one. Evergrande was that first one, and it was yeah. all headlines for. I mean, maybe six weeks. It's all anyone talked about the podcasts, and then it kind of went quiet. But of course, it hasn't gone quiet. It's just the news cycles moved on. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, so this is a problem which I think you're right. The news cycle has moved on, but the problem is still there. And the one stat which I saw recently which really struck me is the amount of new building started last year, mm-hmm. if you measure it in square meters, was down 40% on the previous year. I, wow. People are debating, you know, okay, the Chinese, the population's down a little bit. Is GDP going to be one or three or five or six? But down 40 if you're investing in iron ore, that's a big number. Yeah, okay, that is that is an, a, a giant number. Uh, bringing it more directly home, of course, load shedding. Uh, the, the, the question on 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 the sonars and and I imagine budget next uh, next week is going to be around how much longer. The question you're asking is how's it going to impact the the stocks we're investing? And we've got some some highlights already from, for example, Pick and Pay and and, and Shoprite. Most most notably, it's having an impact, and we need to significantly dig into that and understand. For sure, yes, uh, it's it's bad on so many fronts. It definitely reduces the value of a lot of South African companies, but it, it doesn't automatically make every SA Inc. stock a sell. Mm-hmm. You've got to do the work. And this is the kind of thing where a contrary investor is supposed to look for opportunities, right? It, it, you can't just do a knee jerk and say, okay, there's load shedding, let me sell all my SA Inc. stocks. Some of them, I think there'll be enough margin of safety and it could be an opportunity to buy. Uh, the kind of questions we would ask would be, okay, how does this impact your competitive position versus the peers? Mm-hmm. How does it change your position on the global cost curve? That kind of thing.
Yeah, and and I think we, we we saw fairly starkly different updates and and market responses to to both the the pick and pay and, and shop right. This also brings us to to diversification, and yeah, we talk a lot in this show about around diversification. No doubt, you and your colleagues at Alan Gray spend a lot of time uh, thinking about it. As we sort of move into a year like this, I mean, is it almost a a a, a sense of perhaps we need some more, or is it a case of markets are always going to be weird, wonderful, and tricky? Um, I, I would say it's it's more the latter. It's, you you always got to be careful. It's always a good idea to have some of the diversification, and but you also got to make some bets. And if, if you're trying to outperform the, the index for clients, there's no use your portfolio looking just like the index. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do try and set up the portfolio for for lots of different outcomes. We're not smart enough to know which way what the world's going to look like in three years' time. We 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 you can be good at working out intrinsic value, but you can always get sideswiped by something you you don't expect. So I think it's a it's a good idea. Maybe the gold companies would be like a solid example, right? Mm-hmm. Which we we own them in the portfolio. They aren't super high quality companies. There are scenarios in which they aren't going to be good investments, but we also think there are scenarios in which they are going to be crucial for inv- for protecting your wealth, right? If there's runaway inflation in the developed world, you really do want to earn some gold stocks to protect you against that. Yeah, yeah. And and the gold stocks is distinct from gold because, of course, that, that leverage effect. What also struck me in, in, the, in the note you put out, I mean, you, you've got a fair bit of, of, of JC stocks, but a bunch of them are, are, are what we would call the SA Inc. stocks. And, and again, we, we look out the window and we, we, see, we see the load shedding, we see inflation and all the other horrible stories out there. Yet there's actually value and opportunity in some of these, probably because when we look out the window, it's so scary. Yeah, for sure. The the SA Inc. stocks, obviously, when you're evaluating a stock, you're taking a 10 or a 15 or a 20-year view. Um, and, and load shedding, you know, I hope it's it's gone in two years' time, but that's 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 a small proportion of a com- of most companies' intrinsic value. Yeah, the, I mean, we do own, we own Woolworths, we own Nedbank, um, Remgro, they're all in our top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not totally, but largely SA Inc. stocks. And yeah, in, in all those cases, we think the the value, there's enough margin of safety to justify owning them. Yeah, uh, it's that margin of safety. I mean, that, that perhaps is, is the key phrase. We'll leave it there. So I've got fund manager, Alan Gray, always appreciate the insights. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanley Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Fran Trosky, uh, Manager Research Analyst at PPS Investments. Fran, I appreciate the time today. Talking ESG, making it palatable, making it accessible, it, it kind of burst onto the scene a few years ago and, and from the investment perspective seems to have gone quiet, although uh, let's be clear, not in the in the mind of, of, of people out there. I mean, we're seeing protests it's still out there, but perhaps less so in the investment world. Yes, I think you're absolutely right, Simon. Um, I think that some of the things that we we need to consider is that South Africa has been making progress, although it's been quite slow, mm. and that investors are becoming more demanding of their asset managers. Asset allocators are becoming more demanding of their asset managers. We've been sending out ESG-focused surveys to the managers we engage with for a number of years. We track and monitor their progress, and 
we acknowledge that it's about progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. So in an interesting way, I was thinking about it earlier today and I thought, you know what? Crises usually spur change. And the current electricity crisis may actually be a catalyst, no pun intended, <laughs> to spur more competition and better accessibility and more accountability in mainly the e-space, which is the environment. Mm -hmm. The Steinhoff scandal a couple of years ago has led to greater scrutiny of governance structures. Uh, the gazetting of the triple BEE requirements has made for greater scrutiny of the social aspects of things. So... I think also something that's very important to us is that this is not an either-or debate. It's not that you sacrifice your investment return for the greater good. Your investments can actually do well for you while they're doing good for everybody. And you know what? Even the best investment, which is like the mythical beast which generates perpetual positive returns. Yeah. Well, it's not going to mean much if it's just you and the cockroaches as sole survivors on a hot, barren planet. That's what I say to folks. There's no point in being rich if you're stressed. And I like that. And, and I like the way you put the E and the S and the G sort of separately. And, and, and they are coming together. And it, it, it's my next point, which was often it's a case of maybe starting small, but, but starting. And, and it's maybe just asking those questions. It, in, in a personal space, it, it, it could be you know, putting solar on your, on your roof. Sure, because we're responding to ESCOM, but truthfully, because it's actually good for the environment as well. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I think that what, what often gets overlooked is the fact that even as a retail investor, even as somebody who, you know what, you use sort of a platform offering to mm -hmm. invest in couple of asset managers portfolios or in one or two shares you actually have the ability and the the impetus like i said is definitely there now you have the ability to go and google that company i mean google is my friend i'm not going to joke about this i can google them i can see whether they are a signatory to the united nations principles of responsible investing i can see whether they are a signatory to the Code for Responsible Investing in South Africa. I can see whether they are a triple BEE rated in, um, house or mm -hmm. company even. I can, I can look for these things and it's not that difficult. And I think that's the thing is you just have to start somewhere. Yeah, and it is those perhaps initial small steps, and and, and that's the point. It, it 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 happens slowly, perhaps, and then sort of gains some momentum. We've also got, I mean, we, 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 if we, if we look at in in the alternative space, we've just recently had another green fund launched, and I know alternative isn't in easily accessible for for necessarily everyone, but there is one space where we are seeing a lot coming through in in the e space, uh, uh, certainly uh, in, in the renewable energy, but also just infrastructure. Absolutely. And I think that one of the things that has facilitated that to some extent is the change in Regulation 28. So this came into effect, it was agreed in June last year, I think, and it mm. came into effect on the 2nd of Jan 2023. So it doesn't change the limits that you can invest in infrastructure to be Regulation 28 compliant, which is what we want from most pension fund mm. vehicles. What it does do is it expands the definition of infrastructure. So it means that any asset that 
is developing, constructing, or maintaining physical assets and technology structures and the systems for the provision of utilities and services and facilities for the public, for the economy, for businesses, is infrastructure. Um, and that also covers the fact that infrastructure itself, where usually we would think, okay, it's a road, it's a bridge. Mm. No, it's also nowadays a cell phone tower. Okay. Yeah, no, I take the point on that. And, and, it, and it brings me back to, to right at the beginning where I say that it, it seemed to have gone quiet. And, and, and maybe it's perception more than anything else, but, but the point seems to be is it's happening and, and it's oftentimes happening, those small steps again, and, and we get there in the end. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's that very, I, I always think it's a bit of a trite saying, but it is actually true, is from little acorns, big oaks grow. And yeah. that's where we're <laughs> heading. I like that. Absolutely. We'll leave it there. Fran Trosky, uh, Manager Research Analyst, PPC Investments. Fran, appreciate the time. That's it for today. Yesterday we were chatting with uh, Redwan Muller from Think Markets, asking around whether you prefer commodities to trade or perhaps the underlying mining company. Uh, Redwan was absolutely in the commodity camp, and the vote was split. 30% each said miners, 30% said commodities. A fifth of you said neither, with the rest of you saying, you know what, I actually like a bit of both. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app 6.30 a.m. podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobuchle, and Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Chat GPT is a risk to cybersecurity. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.